the simplest commercial baking resource brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Mark Florka. With 45 years of industry experience, Mark knows the ins and outs of baking. He is Bakerpedia's community forum manager and baking instructor. He's here to share knowledge and help you grow connections. You're listening to the Baked in Science podcast. Today's Baked in Science podcast is brought to you by MGP Ingredients. Our FibroSim resistant wheat starch adds fiber to baked goods and bakery mixes. Tune in for more about how it works in exceptional products that appeal to health-conscious consumers. Welcome to Baked in Science, everyone. And today I have Tanya Gerardeshashai from MGP Ingredients, who is the Vice President of Eating Ingredient Solutions R&D. Hello, Tanya. Welcome. Hello. How are you today? Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Please tell us a little bit about your background and what you do for uh, MGP. Yeah, so I lead the ingredient solutions here. Uh, we have a really nice small team, small but mighty. That's what we mm -hmm. always say. My background is serochemistry. Uh, I got the bachelor and master on food and cereal science from North Dakota State University. Oh wow, excellent! I'm actually uh, I've been helping a student from North Dakota on a project, interesting project. Uh, she's creating a like a vegetarian version of a uh, type of Indian jerky that they make oh. uh, using using some uh, native grains and things like that. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Very interesting. And so, yeah, we're here to today. The main thing we want to talk about today is resistant starch. Starch is, is often just sort of lumped into one category for bakers, and yet there, there are so many different applications and types. And resistant starch is very... Uh, unique and interesting I find and so one of the things is uh, you have a resistant starch with MGP ingredients I believe it's called Fibersim correct we have a Fibersim my favorite topic is resistant starch I love talking about it it's <laughs> such a fun ingredient to work with just yeah. so interesting so very excited to talk to you yeah we've been looking forward to this Resistant starch has very interesting uh, formulating benefits in baked goods, and uh, some of that is around the, the similar absorption as with uh, wheat flour. And can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So the I think the how I would explain it is uh, the the best applications for resistant starch are the one that have a lot of starch. So ah. if you're, so bakery products have a lot of starch, have a lot of carbohydrates, pasta, the noodle, the donuts, and if you can think of starch and carbs, those applications are the perfect ones for resistant starch. So mm -hmm. what you can do, you can replace um, those starch and carbohydrates, take it out and then throw in resistant starch and get the benefits of dietary fiber. I was going to say, because why would I want to do that? So, yeah, yes, it's, right? so it's, it's the mm -hmm. dietary fiber, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, how would you formulate for high fiber products if you use, let's say, cellulose type fiber or gums? Mm -hmm. um, let's say you try to formulate for 40% dietary fiber. How can you achieve that? It would be rather difficult, right? Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Because of the absorption, is you have to add like I don't know so much more two three times amount of water, and the products would become really weak. It doesn't mm -hmm. really act like starch. So that's the really benefit of resistant starch. It acts like starch. The water absorption is like starch. So you don't really need to do a lot of formulations. So there's you know what I'm hearing too is it's quite interesting for bakers, especially for bread bakers, if they wanted to do like a a double fiber whole wheat bread, so to speak, is that instead of adding all the bran, which to as you said it it would increase like absorption by three to four times, and also the bran then will interfere with the gluten network so that you really don't get much low volume in in that sense, you just replace some of the flour with the resistant starch and add back some gluten and then you're, you've, you've got a much better product in the end. Yep, right? that, that's correct. And that's um, the exact strategies when people trying to formulate for keto-friendly products or the low mm -hmm. net carb products is to remove actually most or all the flour, remove all the sugar and then add, mm -hmm. add back the resistant starch and the correct amount of proteins. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I worked with a, um, a soluble fiber when I was at ADM, and it had a slight bit of sweetness to it. Mm -hmm. um, it was only like about a 10 DE. Uh, mm -hmm. Does Fibersum have any of that kind of effect as well? No, because Fibersum nope. is like a starch. And if you can imagine the taste of the starch, it's pretty bland. And yeah. that's a good part about it. it. It doesn't impart any flavor into the product. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting. That is interesting. That's really good. And so, and so with that, then it, it's not going to accelerate browning or or have a lot of effect in that area yep. either. Not that is that. really cool. So we mentioned high fiber. So then that also leads into then. So this is is keto friendly then as well. Yeah. So uh, in the past, people use fibersome for high fiber formulation. This mm -hmm. keto concept or keto friendly concept becomes popular in this, I don't know, one or two years ago. Yeah, you can use Fibersum for keto-friendly products because how you calculate, I don't think there's a final definition of the keto-friendly, but as low net carb as possible, right? Usually we see mm -hmm. about one to three grams per serving. Mm -hmm. So what they do is to remove all the carbs and then add back dietary fiber, protein, or fat into the product. Yep. So you can use Fibersum to do that. Yeah, and the way keto calculate it is they because fiber is often part of the carbohydrate. So mm -hmm. then, so if you have uh, 30 carbs, but if 20 of those carbs are dietary fiber, you deduct that and then you're, you you're left 10. With, with 10, right? Yep, um, so that's why there's the, the FDA. I don't think it's, 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 a, it's a diet fad. So I don't yeah. think the FDA is going to ever uh, sanction that. But you never know. Um, sometimes never know. pressure yeah. over time. But the, the other thing along with that, not, not really... Um, related to diets as far as like keto or high fiber goes, but also interesting is that now Fibersim is produced from wheat starch. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. But it's, it's you, you're able to certify it as gluten-free? Is that? Have oh, I? we do have uh, gluten-free. So um, you have to make Fibersim gluten-free uh, per FDA the, as long as the product is tested lower than 20 parts per million. And our Fibersim does. Mm -hmm. We can we can certify it as gluten free. That is so, awesome. That is great. Part of the process is that we wash the fibersome so much to really purify the starch. So that's how we get rid of all the gluten um, mm -hmm. in the process. Yep. 
That is fantastic. That's cool. That's very beneficial that way that it's another resource in in the toolkit for for bakers who want to do gluten-free production and stuff because mm-hmm. uh, that's always the, the 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 advantage today of of gluten-free products is that there are so many more good functional and nutritional ingredients available because so often gluten-free just uses uh, things like rice starch and tapioca starch and it's a lot of empty carbs without mm-hmm. any nutrition and being able to use something like a resistant starch uh, like Fibrosim is maintaining gluten-free, adding the functionality of some water absorption and providing dietary fiber for nutrition as well. So it's mm-hmm. it's really a plus-plus benefit type mm-hmm. situation, right? So we mentioned the FDA in this, and so there are there must be some pretty tough requirements from FDA to be able to qualify something as a dietary fiber when you produce a creator resistant starch. This was a big um, debate or fun things for the food industry to think about Mm -hmm. back in 2016 to to really get uh, dietary fiber approved, FDA look at everything on how to define dietary fiber. And mm-hmm. let me just talk. Um, I, I don't call myself expert on this topic, but I, I can give the general example. So they consider um, natural curling fibers as an intrinsic and intact in plants. Mm-hmm. So let's think mm-hmm. about like the, um, the fiber in the apple, the fiber in the fruits or grains. Yep. But anything that's synthetic or isolated, we have to show physiological benefits for human mm-hmm. health. So mm-hmm. for fibersome, we got uh, we have done human studies on actually on many things, but we got approval for the lowering uh, glucose and insulin level in mm-hmm. human. Lots of work, lots of work. Uh, that has been done before I joined MGP, I should say. Mm-hmm. I, I remember part of that with the soluble fiber when uh, I wasn't part of the, the, the trials, but hearing the information when I was at ADM, you know, everybody was sitting on pins and needles waiting for the, the classification approval. from the yeah. approval. Mm-hmm. And of course, suppliers didn't want to move forward with any changes or things until they know what the FDA decided. And it was mm-hmm. it was a lot of a lot of stuff. It's a lot just, of work. Yes. Yeah. That that is there, there's that is one of the main things like you were saying is you guys uh, show the lowering of uh, glucose of, levels, right? Of um, uh, insulin level that insulin can help. Yep, lower glucose and insulin level after mm-hmm. food consumption. Mm-hmm. And there's some some others that can be done too. Right? Yes. So we have done studies on lowering cholesterol, which show that. Fibrosum have shown to lower total and LDL cholesterol, have shown to help with um, gut health, so help mm-hmm. with gut transit time relaxation, help with um, microbiota. So we have done multiple studies that reminds me too like i mean i've uh, I, I take some some extra uh fiber um myself and uh, in in pill form even and mm-hmm. always uh trying to make sure i'm, I'm eating whole grains and things like that and all oh, these things you you, nice. you talk about is you know my my doctors are always telling me because i have um I'm genetically predisposed, as they say. I have high cholesterol, so I'm I'm taking a statin and trying to do, you know exercise and do everything else, right? Yes. Um, and as you get older, um, your body is a little bit less responsive sometimes, right? So it takes a little more effort. Uh, and so uh, in the gut transition process, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? So how do we know if uh, fibersome is actually resistant? And this mm-hmm. is through a study called an ileostomy study, where ah. uh, where we really 
really fortunate to get to work with Elastomy's patient who has some surgery with their intestine and abdominal wall. So what happened was we asked them to test fibrosome and then we collect the, um, the waste from, they have a waste bag by their abdom- mm-hmm. abdominal wall. So, mm-hmm. so you, you're, but you're, you're testing whether the fibrosome gets absorbed or not. Right? Yeah, uh, we tested whether fibrosome retain after the um, digestion, and it did. And our fibrosome actually, how we tested for the AOAC 901.43, which is dietary fiber method, is mm-hmm. actually match up with the elastomy study. So in vitro and in vivo match, and usually they don't usually happen like that. So Perfect. we're very excited. Yeah. Part of the the AOAC study. Mm-hmm. Um, that you mentioned is mm-hmm. is was part of the controversy in yeah. uh, approving the list. AOAC, I should say, there are many ways to test for dietary fiber, and it's it's a big controversy because mm-hmm. each method provides different numbers, and mm-hmm. a lot of time the number doesn't match up with like human and clinical trials. So, yep. but we have proven that that it does yes. match, and we are very excited about it. That's excellent. That's fantastic. So, one of the things is how much can you share with us you mentioned how you you wash the the starch quite a bit so that mm-hmm. you know that helps you uh be able to, to certify gluten-free in the process so how much can you tell us about the the process of now making the starch mm-hmm. resistant i mean okay. um so we we've kind of established it's, it's resistant mm-hmm. because it becomes a fiber mm-hmm. and that it uh and i'm i'm going to conclude that resistant means it's resistant to digestion that is um, perfect yes and uh mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit how you how you do that i mean it yeah, isn't sure. like a magic wand is it, it like you don't invite harry potter over <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you the general process that we do to make fibersome. So mm-hmm. we first get wheat flour from our heartland. Uh, most of the time they come from Kansas. And then we make the dough and then we wash the dough. If you can imagine like a bread dough and you keep washing it, that's how you how you remove the starch from the protein. So mm-hmm. that's how we separate the starch from protein. And that wheat starch that we separated, we react it with some chemical that it's called sodium trimetophosphate and sodium tripolyphosphate. Mm-hmm. So they are phosphate, uh, mm-hmm. phosphate or phosphorus. And then we do a lot of washing to remove all those phosphorus out. And then at the end, we dry and we get fibersome. What does Excellent. phosphorus do is cross-link. It cross-link the starch granules. So mm-hmm. when you do that cross-linking, it helps prevent fibersome from swelling. Mm-hmm. This swelling part, when so if you think about like, okay, starch, adding water, adding heat, it swell. That mm-hmm. swelling part really affects how enzyme access the starch. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so because we prevent it from swelling, it doesn't get digested by enzyme. Interesting. In oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. That's very well explained. That's oh, really thank good. You. Thank you. And you know, when uh, the thing is, I heard, of course, as you mentioned, you you wash out all the phosphates. But to mm-hmm. to be clear, that you you really wash it all out. There is no acid left in the starch. It oh. doesn't react with with no, sodium no, bicarbonate no, no. or yeah, anything so like that. Yeah. So maximum the maximum yeah. phosphorus that we have in the starch is 0.4 percent, which yeah. is very okay. little, and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't react with, with anything. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. And phosphorus is abundant in nature, which is mm-hmm. like in our DNA, in the plants, and actually almost anything. Yeah. And what little would be there, we would be, we would just simply absorb it in in mm-hmm. our system, right? Mm-hmm. E- excellent, yeah. right? That is cool. That well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, is there anything that uh, we haven't covered that you wanted to maybe add? Yes. Yeah, so I'd like to 
talk about the functionality of Fibersim a little bit. Apart from it being so good in bakery products, it's yep. really good for frying. So mm -hmm. it prevents oil absorption. So you can get crispier, crispier product. Like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't uh -huh. swell, so it doesn't really absorb water and it gets soggy. So uh -huh. your donuts can be very healthy. Mm, your you fried, can... your puff pastry actually works too. It helps with the crispiness of the puff pastry. Oh, interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So it's a fun product to work with, I'm telling you. That is fantastic. That's very interesting. Oh, I, I, I need to get my hand on a sample oh, and make some please. puff pastry. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds really good. I mean, the, the only way I've been able to make puff pastry extra crispy is by adding sugar, which is not always a good thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> adding fiber in there, and now it's going to work so well. That would be really well. <laughs> interesting. And don't mean to catch you off guard, but I, I was just curious. Since you wash out the gluten, do you do, does MGP do anything with the gluten as far as an ingredient, or do you oh. sell that? Oh, to this, other providers. Right? This is such a good question. So mm -hmm. MGP, we provide both um, the fibrosum, the starch, actually other type of modified starch, and mm -hmm. we also provide protein. So we have ah. the protein concentrate, the protein isolate with all kind of functionality. So if you think about the... Um, when you make pizza and you need uh, pizza to expand more, we have those mm -hmm. type of protein that help with extensibility or protein would help with the strength. So if you have like really poor flour quality, we can add this type of wheat protein isolate and then it can give you the volume. Interesting. Uh, for your oh, I, so, I, so I sense have, another episode coming up here. I, I'm just very, I'm just very fortunate to get to work with these ingredients and just yeah, that's love very talking interesting. about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely have to put something together. We'll have to get back together and talk about the isolates. Let's That'll do be really it. interesting. Yeah, super. Well, thank you very much for your time, Tanya. This has been really informative, and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to come on and share with us. And uh, we appreciate your support with Bakerpedia and look forward to chatting with you again soon yes likewise thank you mark this episode of baked in science was brought to you by mgp ingredients we bring scientific know-how and proven products to support your work and exceptional bakery products. Learn more about our specialty wheat proteins and starches at www.mgpingredients.com.